What up, Move. ladies and gents? We got a sound effect going on today. Because you know what? It's uh, let's face it. We got a great show for you guys today. We're gonna be talking a little bit about persuasion, a little bit about profiling. Plus, it's my favorite day of the week. S H I T. So happy it's Thursday. <laughs> let's get this thing going. Shut up and sit down. The Business Bros Podcast was created for you. Learn from the business professionals who come to share their stories. Find out what's working in business and social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of successful entrepreneurs out there doing the real work. And now, welcome to another episode of Business Bros. Yeah, let's do this thing, him. I'm gonna let you take center stage and drop the heat. Oh, here we go. All right, all you business pros out there. Before we jump into the show, just a quick reminder to please subscribe on whichever platform it is that you're listening to us on today. Give us a like, give us a follow, subscribe and drop a review. Help other like-minded business owners find value from our awesome guests while we rise up in those podcast rankings. We'll sincerely appreciate every single one of you for it. And if you want to be a guest on the show, we'd love to have you on and learn from you as well. Go to www.businessbros.biz. Schedule your time. Don't forget to follow us on all our social medias at Business Bros Pod. All right, everybody. We're so excited and honored to bring another incredible guest to the Business Bros Pod. They say more than 90% of our communication is nonverbal, and our guest today knows that better than most. Our guest is regularly featured as a profiling expert on national TV and radio, where he reads between the lines, giving voice to the unspoken message trapped between the words of our leading politicians, celebrities, and even British royalty. Understanding and reading people is a valuable tool in business and negotiation, and our guest conducts training for businesses to use these skills and enhance team building, sales training, and recruiting. Our guest has worked with some of the largest companies in the world, like Disney and Gillette, for example, as well as the Australian police force to help them understand that all important human element element and he can help you too so if you want to learn how to read people's faces and better understand what your customers really want tune in to learn from today's awesome guest joining us today from 9 a.m tomorrow in newcastle australia welcome to the show alan stevens thank you Alan, I probably should have warned you. We uh we drop video clips every now and again. We like to have some fun like that on the show. Welcome I to the program. It. Thank you very much. I love the upbeat style you've got here. And by the way, as I said before, welcome to the future. Being Friday. Uh, here. It is Friday over there where you're at. Thursday, SHIT, where I'm at. So, so happy it's Thursday. Let's get into this. Uh, profiling. You know, there was a time when uh, NLP and persuasion was looked at as something uh, evil, right? And and mm. over time, we kind of had a had a little bit of a shift. It can be used as a bad thing, but we can use it so many ways to do positive things in this world. Mm. How did you get into this space? I got into it simply because I was lousy at it. I'd been through two divorces. I'd had business partners who would empty the bank out, and I realised that I had to improve uh, the way I read people. So I got, I'd been using different things over the years. I started out with body language and then looking at psychometric profiling where you'd ask people questions. And I was working with a company that uh, taught currency trading, and none of their students made any money. They brought me in to have a look at it. We put people through psychometric profiling like Myers-Briggs and DISC and those sort of uh, systems. 
and they didn't fit their profiles, especially when they put their money on the table and went live. So I needed a different system. And somebody mentioned to me one day, have you ever looked at reading faces? Now, I'm lucky that I follow, uh, it was John Wooden, one of your um, uh, coaches over there in America, who had said uh, the most important thing you ever learn is the next thing you learn after you think you know everything. And that's pretty much the way I've lived my life. And so when somebody said, have you ever looked at reading faces? I went searching and I found two world experts in that area. Paul Ekman, who did all the uh, uh, research on the micro expressions, little twitches on the face that give away the emotions. And a lady by the name of Naomi Tickle, who's become a dear friend of mine over there in California, an English lady who taught the facial features. And I looked at both of them and thought, why aren't both of them doing what the other one's doing? So I put that together with the NLP and with body language and created Rapid Trait Profiling, which has now been recognized uh, unique worldwide. You know, remind me never to face off with you in a poker table. I think uh, I'll get uh, absolutely obliterated if you know how to uh, read. It's worse. It's so much worse. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, you know, you mentioned uh, Myers Briggs and Disc personality Ooh. quizzes. Um, you know, when I when I do activities like that, I mean, they're fun. And it's cool to group people and stuff like that. But I always feel like when I read the personality traits of of wherever I fall, I I feel like I'm a bit of everything. So I feel like they don't really help me guide me in a direction. It's almost like I'm reading a horoscope or or like a you know a Chinese exactly. fortune cookie. It doesn't really give me anything. It makes me feel good about something, but it doesn't really help point me in a direction. How does that differ from what you're talking about where you're able to read face and, and profile? Well, very firstly, on what you just said about feeling like there's a you, know, you fit into a little bit of everything, there's a, a test they do which is called the Barnum effect. And what they did was had a whole group of young people put them through a test. And when they finished it, they gave them an envelope each. And they said, right, go and read the contents, but don't talk to each other. They all went and read the contents of the reports that they got back from their profiles. They then uh, asked what they thought of it, and everyone said, oh, yeah, spot on, this is me. Then they got one of them to stand up and start to read his out. And everybody's going, but that's what I've got. They gave everybody exactly the same report. So when you take 7 billion people, or now getting close to 8 billion people on the planet, and you stick them into 16 boxes, like horoscopes with 12 boxes, you're going to see yourself in every one of them. It's not specific enough. It's great if you're in sales and you want to get a quick connection with somebody or get an idea where they are. But again, you're only getting them in the moment. Mine doesn't worry about uh, it doesn't worry about gender. It doesn't worry. It's not affected by uh, emotions. It's not fit, affected by education level or anything else. Whereas if you think of the other ones, they're affected by emotions. When you read somebody in disc and you look at them and go, right, you know, that person is such and such. Well, if I'm having a good day or a bad day and I'm reading them, I will either, I'll read them differently. So I'll get a different result. When it comes to what I do, I'm looking at the dimensions of the face, the, the features you have on your face. And this is not phrenology that when, when psychology first started, there was a belief that bumps on the top of the head would be uh, denote your character. Well, that's all been uh, debunked as rubbish. It did lead on to neuroscience and understanding other things. But I'm talking about the face. If you lift weights, you're going to build muscles up. At the same time, we know that everything we feel inside, we express outwardly. So if you're feeling happy or sad, angry or anything else, you're going to express it outwardly. So you put those two together. If you concentrate in a certain way, and if you're looking at my face right now, you'll see these little grooves between the eyebrows and you'll see a little bit of a ridge start. And go, That's because I do this all the time. I keep flexing in and thinking and concentrating deeply. So virtually my face becomes, and everybody else's face, becomes a, a roadmap or a history of how they like to think and process. 
That's your personality, not your character. So hmm. two faces can look similar. One could be a saint, one could be a sinner. So it depends on, uh, they'll process in a similar way, but it depends on what they're processing. One could be trying to figure out how to help people and the other one is trying to figure out how to just help themselves and rip other people off. So what I do is I look at all the different facial features and because there's so many features I look at, the possible combinations are greater than the number of people on the planet right now. So I don't put people in boxes. Yes, with the other systems, you put them in boxes so that the person doing the profiling feels okay about it. They know where the, roughly where they fit. But I then come along and think, okay, let's take that person out now and treat them as an individual. That's well, how mine works. You, you caught my attention when you said personality versus character. Uh, how are you differentiating the two? Like, you know, I, I feel like in my point of view, they're almost one in the same. My personality kind of dictates who my character is. My character kind of brings out my personality. Are, they, are, are you defining them a little bit differently? Yeah, one is the what and one is the how. You know, what we're thinking and uh, what we're uh, planning to do, that's all down to character. But how we think it, See, I can look at somebody and say, right, here's somebody who's very analytical, who needs to take in all the information before they make a decision. That's just the, the how they do their uh, thinking. What they're thinking, though, could be completely different. One's taking in information and going, well, how can I manipulate this person to get as much out of them as I possibly can without giving to them? And the other person's going, well, I want to be able to speak to them in a way that that person really needs to uh, get the information that they need to be able to get the results that they're looking for. So that's your personality side of it. It's the how we do things. The character is what we're uh, doing and what we're thinking about. Mm, that's a little, that's, that's kind of deep because uh, it, is it something like at any given time we could be thinking more about the how versus, you know, on, on the other side? Like, is it just we're always on the how, the manipulation, on, or, or, or are we kind of bouncing from both sides from personality to character? We're not actually bouncing between them. They're, they're both there constantly all the time. So if I look at you, I know that you analyse things before you make a decision. I know that you'll also pick up errors in documents and things like that fairly easily. So that's how you will think and process. So I know that if I deliver something to you, I've got to make sure all the details there. If I just give the overview, you're going to be asking questions. Well, tell me more about this and tell me more about that. I know you're likely to interrupt me while I'm talking if I'm just giving very brief amount of information. So I will pre-frame it with you and say, well, look, you know, what I'm going to do here is I'm going to give you the overview. I know there's going to be a lot of questions, but if I give you the overview first, that way I won't forget anything. And then you can ask all the questions that you uh, want to ask and we'll spend all the time you need to get all those answers. So you know that I'm not just going to give you the bums rush, so to speak, and just get you given enough information to try and con you into something. I'm going to make sure that you're able to ask all the questions so you get all the positive facts that you're looking for. And if I know that... That's how I, there's my personality there, looking after you. I'm looking at how you think, but my character is looking after you again. It's you know, making sure that, you know, I give you the information that you're looking for, not manipulating to get what I, out of you what I want. What about, you know, when we're, when we're having a discussion and maybe, you know, you're high energy and you're ready to go and you, you're, you're spunky um, and versus you're talking to somebody who's very, you know, laid back and kind of slow you know, do their facial expressions uh, mimic or or tell you something different versus their pitch and their energy? Yeah, what you'll find is that this is the whole thing, that you can put on an act and I can be bubbling and bouncing around and everything else, but if I'm putting that on as an act and you're, and you're talking to me, the end result is I'm picking up the micro-expressions that may not match 
the whole thing. So as I said, facial features give me the personality. Once I've got that and I'm talking to you, then I've got the body language and the micro expressions that give me the feedback. Have I read you right? Is there something emotionally going on? And are you telling me the truth? And that's how it all works together. So it's the four different modalities that I brought together as a one process to make sure I covered everything. And at the same time, I've also uh, watching for, you know, have I met you at the right level, but what's coming back from you at the same time? So everything's given away in the micro expressions when it comes to what you're feeling. And I'm looking at your face, first of all, to know how I need to be able to talk to you to make that best connection. And then your face will leak out information that I mean I need if I'm looking to see if you're telling the truth or not. Where a lot of people use the micro expressions as a uh, lie detector, I use it more as a truth seeker because I'm not mm. just looking to see if you're lying. I want to know why you're lying if you're lying. And if it's around your emotions because something's happening in your life, I want to be able to help you. Because if I'm doing a sale, for instance, and you're feeling something emotional, you're not going to be listening to what I'm doing. And no matter how hard I push to try and get that sale, and the harder I push, the more I'm going to push you away. But if I go, well, I can feel that something's going on here. Do you want to have a talk about that first? Now I'm taking some time and you're recognising that I am taking some time to connect with you. So that I am interested in you. And as we work through that, we may get a solution to what's going on or I might say, hey, I've got someone that might be able to help you and I'll make that connection for you. At that point, as I keep, people keep saying, no one does business with anybody they don't know, like and trust. The trust is the most important part. To, uh, as they say, you've got to get to know somebody first of all before you get to like them, and then it takes a little bit of time to get that trust from them. By being able to read people and connect with them and being genuine in connecting with them, you get to that know, like, and trust faster. And you once know, you get to that trust, the faster you can do it, the, the longer the uh, lo loyalty with that other person is going to remain. And know, like, and trust is, is important. And, and as you were as you were describing what you do, as you see people's micro expressions, you said something and it was kind of subtle and I, and I kind of want to harp on it. You, your response was, I feel like there's something bothering you. You know, you've mm -hmm. taken something that you've learned in a mechanical sense where you're paying mm -hmm. attention to their face and their micro features, but the way you express it back to them is an emotional state. Mm -hmm. uh, how important is that? Like, help me elaborate on that. Why do you do that? Mainly because if the person is feel, and I do it naturally, it's just because I am a, a kinesthetic type person. I'm also a, a visual one as well. But when it comes to uh, using those words, if the person has got some emotions going on, it's no use using logical words because they don't connect. You've got to match the other person. It's like somebody's angry. I don't go up to them and say, hey, it's okay, settle down. That warrants a punch in the face. <laughs> because I've just told them they don't deserve, you know, what they're thinking and feeling is not uh, real. They don't have a right to feel that way. Yes, they do. If they're angry, they have a right to feel angry. So what I will do is I will respond to them with anger and go, look, hang on, and I'll bring my energy up to theirs. Once I match, that match their energy, then I can bring it down and I can steer it into a softer way. It's like a dance. When they're doing a, you know, a formal dance type thing where you've got your partner, you push or you pull first, you get that initial movement. That's when matching them. As soon as the movement starts, now you're in sync and then it flows. But there's always that push that can, you know, straight up the front. So if the person's angry, I'm going to meet them at that. If they're uh, talking very quietly and, you know, I won't come in loud because that's going to affect their energy. So I'll meet them at their energy and in the conversation, bring them up. And so it's all about uh, 
they talk about in body language matching and mirroring but the true really um, matching somebody is on the emotional level mm. take that time to recognize what they're feeling and then as soon as you've got that connection meet them at that and then by building a true relationship where you're focusing on building the relationship not to manipulate them because as you said this is like any other tool that can be used for uh, good and it can be used for evil so to speak you know a lot of uh, my friends used to call me uh, Yoda because I was always pushing about uh, stay away from the dark side, uh. <laughs> yeah? stay with the light side, because when you do that, it's easier to create a relationship. The relationship will remain longer into the future, whereas if you manipulate somebody, it's like telling them a lie. You have to keep remembering your lie. You've got to keep working at the manipulation. That's exhausting. It's mm -hmm. easier to really meet with a person. If more that you can help them to get what they want, the more you're guaranteed to get yourself as well. So when people talk in sales on return on, on, on the investment, I talk about a return on relationship. Build your relationship and everything else will flow from there. Yeah, and... <gasps> yeah, exactly. I think that's where the, the uh, manipulation and the negative stigma comes from because, you know, in order to be a good friend, oftentimes we do this naturally. We sense and we, we, we feel like it's a sensation, but maybe we're reading some of these micro expressions that we have within our friends, within our family, and then we kind of meet them on an emotional level. That's how our relationships last for so long. But when you take that same exact skill and then you turn around and you apply it in sales, all of a sudden it feels like there's some sort of manipulation there. How, how do we kind of... I guess for me, it's it's how do I get past the sense that, you know, I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm actually doing right by finding a solution or finding a way to connect with my prospect who I may not have a deep relationship yet, but I'm building and, and, and yet still making a sale. I think that's where that manipulation comes into play. What, you know, what's, what's your opinion on that? Well, that comes down to our belief around salespeople. It goes back to the old snake oil salesman or the old second car, hand, uh, car dealer. We always had that mistrust for them because car was always the best thing on the road and everything else, and we knew it was a bomb. But what it comes down to, it, if you really focus on what does a person need, why they need it, because someone will come to you and say, right, I need more sales, for instance, and I'll go, okay, well, you know, what's the want behind that? Why do you want to get more sales? What's the purpose of getting more sales? And that might be in the conversation, oh, I want to be able to get a better return on investment on each of the sales that I get so I can get them faster. Well, why do you want to get them faster? In building that understanding, you find out that this person wants to be home when the kids are at home. They want to be there when the kids go to school and they want to be there when they come home. So they want to get all their sales in a shorter period of time because now we're getting to the emotional reason behind it. Once we get to that, when you're selling to somebody, if you really care, if you're a decent person, I always say this to somebody who's a salesperson and goes, well, I'm not really getting the sales I want. And they go, okay, first of all, are you a decent person? Do you care about people? And they go, yes. I said, do you care about your client? And they go, yes. I said, is your product and service going to solve their uh, their needs? It's going to give them what they want. It's going to fit that emotional need behind, beyond that, uh, the benefit behind the benefit. And they go, yes. I go, well, by what right do you have to not sell to them? You have to sell it to them because you're a decent person. Your selling now becomes caring. You're caring for the other person. So you shift your belief around salespeople. If you are somebody who is genuine, you truly believe in your product, you know that will help your client, then you have a responsible. Your responsibility is to sell to them because if you don't, you're not a good person. And if you change that attitude, now you change the attitude about yourself. The moment you change that attitude about yourself, the energy that you put out will change and we are energy beings. 
How many times have you walked into a room and the energy's just hit you straight away? Mm. It has lifted you up or it's sunk you right down. You just want to get out of there. You know, we impact on each other. So if you're able to change the attitude about yourself and saying, hey, I'm a great person, I've got a great product here, I know I can help my client, my job then is to find the best way in which I can get that through to them so that they then want to buy from me. Because if you do it properly, you're not selling, but the other person is buying. And this is where the relationship is so important. And once they do that, if you they feel that you've sold them, then you're going to lose their respect. You're going to lose their loyalty. You won't get them out there talking about you. They talk about having uh, raving fans, people who just go out there and sing your praises. Well, by doing it the way I've just said, this is how you do that. You'll find that the people are loyal. They always want to come back to you. And they're out telling everybody how great you are. And it always works. So in in starting with profiling, I think based on what you described there, you kind of have to profile yourself first. You have to have that belief that mm. you what you're doing is right and that you have that kind of faith in your product and what it does for other people. Mm. Uh, what happens once, let's, let's assume we have that belief, we're strong and we, we, we understand that this is where our product uh, can really benefit someone. Where do we go from there? How do we look at somebody and, and kind of profile them and, and set them up where we can show them? Because oftentimes, you know, the they don't know that they have this need for this product in their life. And I think that's where the persuasion actually happens. How do we profile them and, and, and kind of decide that this is the route I want to take? I want to take a, an analytical route, an energetic route, a, you know, whatever it's going to be. What, what keys should I be looking for in that profile? As I say, the interface is about 68 different traits that we look for. Uh, most of them in the face, there are a couple in the body. So if we're able to see those, you can look at somebody and know straight away whether that person is focused on the value or whether they're focused on the service. So if we know where their focuses are, we know how to take that, uh, that direction. Now, if we've got somebody who, um, and as I say, it's all the different facial features. And I was just thinking, if you like, I've got a free gift I can give to your uh, people as well. On my website, just put the, after the website, put the forward slash in the word free, and that'll take you to a, 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 um, a 28 minute course, which will give you a, change a bit more of how this all works. And it'll give you a couple of traits you can start to play with yourself straight away. And it also talks about where the eyes move when uh, somebody is sourcing information. So again, you can actually start to work out whether they're telling you the truth or not. But um, question about that, you know, and and it's it's like anything else. The more practice you get, the better you'll get at it. Um, you said you got into this space because you weren't very good at it. How much time did you have to dedicate? How much study did you have to put into it before you felt like it was working for you? Like you had it to a point where you know it was making sense, and you can really truly help people using this tool. Yeah, well, in my particular case, one of my traits is that I build confidence. I'm somebody who has to uh, work at something and practice it and everything else and get it to a level where I then have confidence. There are other people who have an innate self-confidence. They hear something first for the very first time and they pretty well got it or they think they've got it until we know we put them to the test. But I'm somebody who's with all my traits, I'm analytical. I've got what I call a mental motive, which means I focus on looking at all the different possibilities as opposed to just getting in and getting it done. So to some people, I look like I procrastinate. So a lot of my traits are things are going to be exactly right. I've also got critical perception. I'll find the errors in everything. So all of these things cause me to take longer to do things. So your question really is how long's a piece of string? Because it all depends on the people who are listening, how it's going to be for them. 
I, when I first looked at this, I had a real passion. I'd just gone through my second divorce. I was raising three boys, uh, you know, my sons on my own. Uh, when their uh, first uh, wife left, their mother, uh, they were 4, 11 and uh, 12 at that stage. And by this stage, they were uh, into their uh, early 20s, the oldest two. And second divorce, I went through that and I thought, I need a better system. And I realised that by doing this, I would get better. So I found uh, Naomi Tickle in particular with the facial features, started training with her and she put people through an eight-week program on over the over uh, Skype because she's in America and I'm in Australia. And I went through that and then she said to me one day, when are you going to do the master's program with me? Am I coming over to Australia? Are you coming over to me? And I went, I'm not good enough at this. And she said, yes, you are. She said, you're one of the best students I've uh, taught so far. And so I ended up going to the States, stayed with uh, her in California and her husband and uh, did the master's side of it and came back to Australia and still thought, geez, now, how am I going to get this together? And then it was when I started teaching, I was asked to do a couple of workshops. And of all things, one of the first ones was a, a, a women's group. And I thought, right, well, this is going to be interesting. Actually went brilliantly. And by the time I walked out, not only did I finish the workshop and then be inundated with questions, even when I walked out to my car to drive home, they were still following me out asking me questions. <laughs> and I then started to realise that, oh, I'm my own worst critic. So in my case, I was holding myself back. Now, if I'm doing a workshop, as uh, you asked me before, what sort of music do I uh, like to play when I'm doing something like that? I don't. I will walk out on the stage silently, walk across the stage, look at the audience and walk back, ask everybody, because they're all staring at me by this stage, and I go, would you like to know what I was doing? And they go, yes. And I just start profiling the audience. And in that, they're all going, wow. And I go, well, if I was so accurate with all of you and I could do that by just walking across the stage and having a quick look and then telling you that, would you like to learn the same thing? After that, I know that nobody's going to fall asleep in that uh, presentation. And so in my case, I am extremely good at what I do now and without, with all modesty and everything else, I am one of the best on the planet at what I, in, with the rapid trait profiling system of having brought all these areas together. At the moment, my focus is to create and train my competition. We need more people doing it, but they've got to be doing it right. Because we look at coaching, it is the fastest growing industry on the second fastest growing industry on the planet. That's mainly because technology being the first, we're less connected to ourselves and uh, each other. We're more connected to our devices than anything else. So we need more people coaching, but the coaches that we've got, most of them haven't worked through their own stuff. And I don't want that to happen to what I'm doing. So I've got a moral obligation, I believe, to train my competition. I guarantee they will get there faster than I did because they're going to have me teaching them. And I understand the, uh, the, the stresses they went through. Naomi was a, and a lovely lady and a brilliant uh, teacher, but she's also got the traits that she does things very quickly. I've got the traits where I take longer and I, I have to think about it. But I also have the micro expressions and the body language and the NLP side of it that I put together with it as well. So I bring a lot more to the table now than what I did before. And I know that the people I train are going to learn very quickly. And I expect them, they say, can I be as good as you? And I go, set the bar higher. Mm -hmm. You're going to get everything I've got and you're going to bring what you've got to the table. I expect you to be better. And I expect you to be better in a shorter period of time. And I'll do everything I can to make sure that happens. By the way, I love that intro. You come in with no sound and you profile people and get on stage. 
you know, it's often been confused magic and science, right? I mean, it's all magic until you realize that, you know, there's a process behind it. This is something that you can actually learn and put into practice in your own life. So, Alan, before we head out, if people want to learn more, they want to get some training, they want to learn to, you know, do exactly what you do, become the magician or, you know, sort of speak, uh, how can they get a hold of you? Well, again, they can get me through Facebook, and I think you've put the uh, the link up there. The website that's going across right now is probably the best place. Go to the success story page section, and you'll hear from all the other people of what they've got out of it and all the areas where this works, because it works in the family. It's everything from birth through to you know, through the cradle to the grave virtually. It's in your personal relationships. It's in raising children. It's in business of all areas. Everything we do in life is based on relationships. So it's a foundation of everything. So you can use it in every area of your life. So if you use the website address you've got there, but after the .au, if you put the forward slash and the word free, F-R-E-E, that'll take you to my training platform where you can pick up a free course there. 28 minutes will take you through and understand. That'll give them a starting point. If they like what they see in the free uh, session, come back to the website, to the contact form and message me and we'll have a chat to where they can go to next. That's it, ladies and gents. I mean, free. 28 minutes of your life can change the way you're looking at things literally for the rest of your life, helping you get more sales, more uh, relationships, deeper relationships. I mean, I, I don't know, Alan, if, in, in hindsight, if you knew what you knew today, do you think your previous relationships might have been salvaged? Oh, they would have been uh, completely different. The thing might have been, um, would I have started them in the first place? And you never know. <laughs> Very true, very true. All right, ladies and gents. I mean, that's that's it, right? I mean, my face says it all. And you know, the funny thing is, we're in the testimonial business. So, Alan, I'm going to ask you two questions here. One, what was your experience like on the Business Bros podcast? Uh, and then, number two, you've you've been through a whole episode. Who would be a good fit to listen to our podcast? Well, on the uh, the the energy, I love. I love the slides that you put up. This is probably the most upbeat uh, one that I've been on for uh, this year so far. This is my 56th interview for this year. And I have to say, this is the one that's got the best energy that I've come across so far. I love your style. I love the uh, sneaking in uh, some of the little slides there as well. It's, it's beautifully done. And as you said, you didn't give me warning. So I, <laughs> I enjoyed that. But I would recommend this to uh, anyone. The format you're covering is, is quite good. It covers different areas. It allows a person like myself to speak. So they're able to get their message across. And I can see from the other uh, presentations you've done, because I've been on your mailing list now for a little while, that uh, you're covering a broad range. So really, yeah, anybody should be having a listen to it, and especially because the entertainment value you put into it as well, it's very easy listening. And that's what I love about it. And I think for that reason, uh, yeah, more people should be looking, uh, listening to it. Thank you very much, Alan. That's exactly what we do. I mean, you know, it's funny when you talk about, you know, creating those and deepening those relationships. We we follow a framework. I'm sure that's kind of the same thing when you start teaching your people about reading. There's a framework for everything. And I'm going to share the framework for our testimonials uh, so that you guys can use them as well. And we do it here on the show. The very first thing we do on every episode is we tell our guests how awesome they are. A little bit of Google searching, a little bit of research, and James drops a fire intro, which tells them how awesome they are. And then number two, 
we ask them for more of their awesomeness. We ask them questions about themselves, about what they're doing, what amazing impact they're having out in the real world. And then we do, then we ask the last most important question, which you should be asking in your business anyways, when you do a good job for somebody, we ask for that referral, we ask for that testimonial. And then we get people like Alan on the show saying great and amazing things about us. And we wanna make sure that your customers are talking about you guys as well. So do me a favor, head over to uh, to Alan's website. It's, it's very easy, just go, it's, it's literally his name, alanstevens.com.au slash free. It's 28 minutes for you to learn how to profile people, right? And to learn how to deepen those relationships. And then when you start doing a good job for your clientele, then you can head over to our website, businessbros.biz slash testimonials, so we can capture all those videos of your clients being so excited, so happy with the service that they've done for you. We can take that and then use it for all your marketing campaigns because that's how you're going to generate more repeat and referral business. Businessbros.biz slash testimonials. Alan, thank you very much for taking time to come on the show today. Learned so much from you. I mean, again, it's magic at first, but you're actually teaching people, you know, pulling the curtain from behind the, the Wizard of Oz here and you're showing people how to make things happen. So thank you very much for taking the time to come on the show. Oh, my absolute pleasure. Thanks very much, guys. I appreciate it. All right, ladies and gents, that's it for today. Alan's on a Friday, but we over here have a Friday tomorrow, so we got one more show before the week ends. We'll see you guys again manana. Have a great SHIT. So happy it's Thursday. See you later. Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you looking to get more clients or to increase your income? Hernan, the business bro, can help you generate referrals through the power of podcasting. And James, the insurance bro with Pipeline Insurance, can help you effectively add insurance to your existing business. If you are ready to create wealth today and generational wealth for tomorrow, email businessbros at csfirst.com to schedule a free consultation or join the Business Bros Network, www.businessbros.biz.